the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman. Welcome to Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life, from health and wellness to professional development to personal well-being. Changemakers join me to share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Thank you for taking time for yourself, and thank you for letting us be a part of your life. Now, let's start talking. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than the daily cycle of work, home, sleep, and repeat? Today's guest, Tom Rapsis, did, and it led him on a spiritual quest. After studying the teachings of Jesus, Buddhism, and Hinduism, and devouring self-help books and human interest stories, Tom came to the realization that wisdom is not found in a single magical book or from a particular religion or teacher, but rather from many sources. He joins us today to share some of what he's learned with the hope of inspiring others on their quest. Tom is a spirituality blogger who is the author of the book, Wake Up Call, Daily Insights for the Spiritually Curious. Welcome, Tom. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, great to be here, Joan. Thank you. Tom, I want to start off by talking a little bit about your life before you began a spiritual journey. What was it like and what did you experience that made you wonder if there was more? Yeah, sure. I uh, I entered the professional world in, in, in my early to mid-20s, and uh, I've worked in advertising ever since. I've, I've been in advertising, well, about 40 years now. But uh, it was at that point, after a few years in the business, that I just began to wonder if there was more out there. Now, my life at that time, if I'm, I'm going to go back to the point where I really got into spirituality, I was in my early 30s. I was single. I was working a lot of hours. I was dating a lot of people. I was partying quite a bit. And it kind of struck me one day that this was not the best course for my life. And I had a friend give me a book, hand me a book. I can tell you the name of it. It was uh, In Search of the Warrior Spirit. And that book was about awareness training for Green Berets. And uh, it's funny. I hadn't read that. I haven't looked at that book in over 30 years. I just picked it up again recently. But it was just trying to get these macho guys to have a greater awareness uh, of, of, of how they acted and to try to develop their character a little bit. And there were some spiritual elements in, it, in, in the book. Uh, they talked to meditation as well. And that was enough to get me going to say, hey, maybe there's more out there. This book kind of is pointing me in this direction. And that led to one book after another and really decades of study from there. 
the life that you were living advertising in New York City, I mean, that's really the definition of the rat race. It was competitive, I'm sure it was fast paced and, and it was to the, the excess. And so many of us, I believe, are living that type of life in different degrees. Do you think there are a lot of people that are experiencing the type of feelings that you had back then? Yeah, sure. I, I mean, I can identify the feeling like this. It's kind of an internal yearning. You've got this yearning for something more in life, and it can be hard to put your finger on what it is. And I think for some people that becomes dating and maybe sex. I'm going to go – I mean, that's the yearning I want. I want to date more people. I want to go out with more people. Or I want to pursue uh, success. I want to go for the money. Um or maybe I want fame. I want to uh, in- increase my uh, social uh, uh, network um, viability, and I-, I want more followers. But we pursue these things, and I think we ultimately, or at least many of us, come up empty when we go down these paths. And it wasn't until I identified that yearning is possibly a spiritual yearning that I really, I think, began to you know find some of the answers I was looking for. And I think, Tom, when people think about becoming more spiritual, they, they picture, uh, you know, a monk praying or that they have to have this major overhaul of their life. But really, we can become more spiritual in just the everyday things that we are doing. Well, that, that's a great point, Joan, right there. Um, you know, I, I read this um, idea from Arthur Brooks, and it was it's the thought that our life is split up into four quarters. And from the ages of zero to 25, you know, say, say we live to roughly 100 if we're blessed to live that long, the first quarter of our life is really all about learning. As we uh, grow up, as we learn a trade, as we go to college, we are learning. In that second phase, we really begin to pursue some of those things I talked about. We get caught up in, this, uh, in the rat race pursuing uh, money, pursuing career success pursuing, uh, you know, uh, romance. And we tend to forget about our spiritual nature. Now, I'll be honest with you, when I started getting into spirituality in my early 30s, it was almost in a compartment. I was still kind of pursuing this uh, career success and romantic uh, engagements, but I had this spiritual gig on the side, and, and, and it really took years for it to sink in for it to really, um, I'd say, uh, steer where I was headed in life and make me realize that that really these other things I'm pursuing are secondary and that if I can kind of cure this spiritual itch, life gets better. A lot of people go on these quests, and you know, like I was saying, they think that it has to be this major overhaul. But they don't find what they're looking for because they're always looking out there for something. Do you think that that's the reason they come up short because they're not looking within? Well, that's a key, and I write about that quite a bit. You you, you do have to look within. And 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 just to follow up on on the earlier question, you know, you and I are, we're part of the world. We're out there engaged with the world. I I think it's pretty easy to maybe escape to a monastery somewhere or to go off on a retreat and kind of find uh, spiritual peace. But when you're part of the world, I, I think the spirituality helps you. It, it really helps 
everything you do in life. I mean, I, there's a book I read. It's about a guy called Brother John. It's it's a very good book, and uh, I wrote a story about it called Brother John and the Purpose of Life. And Brother John lives out in a monastery. He's a great man. He takes care of the people around him who live with him at the monastery. Once a month, they invite people to visit the monastery. He greets them at the door. And everyone says he's you know the warmest, most engaging, most loving person they've ever met. But once he has those encounters, he goes back to life in the monastery, which is very regimented as far as what the daily routine is. I, I think what I try to do in, in the book and elsewhere is to let this spirituality inform my life. And I think once you begin to go down this spiritual road, it has positive effects in a few ways. Uh, it helps clear the mind a little bit. It helps develop your character. It helps you set priorities about what's really important, what I should worry about, what I should be concerned about, and what's really secondary in life. You were raised Catholic, and, and so was I. And for me, for a, a pretty great part of my life, it was like I had spirituality with something out there, like an arm's length away. And for me, it was like about religion. It was the rules. And, you know, if you've ever been to a Catholic mass, it's like you stand, you sit, you kneel, you repeat. And I wasn't feeling it. And, you know, I often wonder if that's what holds some people back as well, because we confuse religion with spirituality. We think that they're two separate things. Yeah. I mean, going back to my upbringing, uh, I mean, I, I was raised a Catholic, uh, went to church the first, teen, eight year, first 18 years of my life every Sunday, attended catechism through eighth grade, which are weekly religious classes. But there really wasn't any context for it. It, it wasn't spoken about in my home you kind of went and spent your hour on Sunday in, 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 in religious classes, maybe an hour on Wednesdays. But outside of that, it really didn't have much bearing. And I, I think what happens in, in the case of religion is too many people kind of outsource their spirituality to the church. They believe that if they go to church on Sunday, it absolves them of all sins and makes them a better person. But I think... With time, I kind of came to the realization that church is sort of a middleman between us and our spiritual nature, that we don't have to look outside ourselves at the church for guidance. We can actually find this same guidance within ourselves. Mm -hmm. And to do that, we have to, I mean, we can't just say I'm spiritual and then go about our daily life. We really have to develop what I call a spiritual practice. So we have to pay attention to what's going on inside. And there's a few different paths to take with that spirituality. Certainly church is one of them. And for a lot of people, church does work. So if, if, if that does uh, help your spiritual nature, great. For a lot of us, we don't get a lot out of church. So we need to develop our spirituality in other ways. And And... I can say, going back to when I first started getting into spirituality, I quickly realized that at the same time I took up running. And, and running was kind of the escape that I had that kind of got me in touch with what was going on around me. But there's many other ways to engage that spiritual nature. Uh, meditation is one that we can talk about. It's spiritual reading. It's, for me, each morning 
I get up in the early morning hours, get the coffee going, and sit with a cup of coffee in front of a fireplace this time of year or out on my back porch looking out the, at woods at, at other times of the year. But we just need to spend that time alone in contemplation, in quietude, where we're really looking within ourselves and really trying to get past the ego, the chattering mind, to what really matters. It's learning how to find God no matter where we are. Yes, you, you, you use the G word there that I haven't used that. I mean, higher power, kind of a, whatever, whatever yes, it means to you. I, I, I agree. And, and it's funny, some people recoil when I will mention the word God. But I, I think that depends on your definition of God. And my definition of God has certainly changed since I was raised in the Catholic Church. During that time and for years and years afterward, God to me was that stereotypical guy up in the clouds sitting on a throne in robes, long beard, looking down and judging my every move. But as you begin to study a little more, even within the Christian faith, you see the definition kind of changes a little bit. I mean, there's a theologian by the name of Paul, uh, Paul Tillich, and he says that uh, God is not being, God is not a being, God is being itself. And uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson touched on that as well. He said, you know, God is a part and particle of life. God is everywhere. There's a, even a biblical passage that says, you know, pick up a stone and you will find me there. So I think God really is life, and God permeates our life. And I think when we have these moments when we can quiet ourselves, and, and I talked about my morning cup of coffee in front of the fireplace, we realize that I think that God, or this divine force we can call it, um, is everywhere. Tom, from this journey and from your column, would you share with us maybe one or two of the biggest lessons that you've learned that have impacted your life? Sure. Um, I, I'll talk first in a general nature and then with, then specifically. Um, in a general nature, I've written many stories about Thomas More. Thomas More is the author of Care of the Soul. That was the first uh, big book he put out. He's since put out maybe 10 other books about uh, various aspects of the soul and life. He's done the soul and work, the soul and sex, the soul and religion. But I, I think he raised this, this important idea that we have, all of us have within us, a soul. And he explains it in great and beautiful detail over many books. And this soul has nothing to do with what the ego or what the world wants from us. The soul is who we are at our or I think of the soul, if I'm looking at a house, you know, our, 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 our ego or our thinking brain is maybe the house. Our spirit is up in the uh, attic. The soul is in the basement. It's the foundation of the house. It's who we are at our core. And we really have to listen to the soul. If, if you want a satisfying, contented life, you've got to get in touch with that side of yourself, this deeper inner part of yourself and what it wants. And what it wants may not be what society wants from you, what your parents want from you, but it's what you are here for, what, what you really should pursue in this life. So uh, it's hard to, to pick one Thomas More story. I've written about you know, several of his books, and I, I think any of them are, are fantastic in exploring the soul uh, and the role it plays in your life. 
Um, if I had to go to one specific story, and uh, Joan, I thought you might ask this question. Mm-hmm. It, the funny thing is when I put out this new book, I, I had over 500 columns to pick from. I had to cut down to what turned out to be 112. So it was a rough cut to get to that number. So they're all sort of my babies. I love them all. They all, I think, have a valuable message to offer. If I had to pick one, um, there's an author by the name of Michael Singer. I've written about him a couple times. He had a book out called The Untethered Soul. And what he talks about there is really dealing with and quieting the ego. And uh, the title of that story was How to Shush the Critical Voice in Your Head. And that critical voice, um, he refers to as, as the roommate. And it, a lot of us have allowed sort of this roommate to move into our, our headspace. And this roommate kind of directs us in life, tells us to do this, do that, and very frequently questions the choices we make, the things we do. And I think one of the most important things we can do in life is get this voice under control. I mean, if, if we live just listening to that voice, we can literally just drive ourselves crazy. But when we learn how to quiet that voice, and it can take some time, and we can talk about meditation and how that might help. When we can quiet that voice, we can get in touch with our innermost selves. We can get in touch with the soul. And I do think that the soul is, a direct, is directly linked uh, to the divine, to God. I mean, Richard Rohr has a quote that, that says, he says, I've, I found that when I really look to my deepest part of myself, I also find God there. So I do think there's a connection. And just as a side note for our listeners, Thomas Moore has been a guest on the show a number of times. And so you can listen to those conversations that are available through our podcast archives. The book is Wake Up Call, Daily Insights for the Spiritually Curious. Tom, where can our listeners go to learn more about you and your work? Uh, you can learn about me at my newly revised website, uh, TomRapsis.com. Besides that, I've been a longtime writer for Pathios. I write the Wake Up Call column. So if you type in Wake Up Call plus Pathios or Wake Up Call plus my name, Tom Rapsis, it'll come up. And you can see uh, really basically, if, if you dig deep enough, every story I've written, there's actually over 500 stories uh, posted there. And I do a new story every week, every Wednesday or Thursday, there's a new story that comes out. Tom, thank you so much for spending this time with us. Hey, it was great talking to you, Joan. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. This is Conversations with Joan. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Do you feel lost on your journey to health and happiness? Then let us guide you on your path. Personalized actions towards health. Your path is a series of choices you act on every day. We guide you on a personalized journey of dietary, exercise, genetic, supplement, and lifestyle choices that lead you to optimal health and happiness. Often taking the road less traveled leads to liberation. Your path is personal. Your journey, like you, is unique. Take action today. Head to bestpathforme.com. Again, that's bestpathforme.com. Are you contemplating getting some help in an area of your business but haven't moved on the decision? Indecisive about when to make the move, if to make the move who to hire, what to pay. There are times when we have to make an investment of money, time, or energy to get the help we need. It was President Barack Obama who said, change will not come if we wait for some other person or some other time. We are the ones we've been waiting for. We are the change that we see. Are you waiting for the right time? 
the time is now to make a move. Indecision is an acquired habit from when we were young. A well-written plan will help us move from indecision to decision. Start with a written goal that is in alignment with your vision. Make sure it's your goal and not an assignment from someone else. Then follow the SMART criterion, specific, measurable, attainable, realistically high, and time-bound. To achieve this goal, write out the action steps required to meet the goal. This is your action plan. This clear action plan reduces excuses, procrastination, and indecision. Take the first step and make it happen today. If you'd like to learn more, contact me, Bertha Robinson, at 732-705-5060 or visit staronprofessional.com. productive life, but sometimes we just need a little help. Our Coach On Call experts provide strategies to help you live your best life now. Joining us today is Emanuela Fasoni, a certified health and life coach who has helped people experience breakthroughs in their health and lives. She's the author of the book, Healing Through Nature's Medicine. Emanuela is here today to discuss eating to lose weight. Welcome, Emanuela. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Joan. Such a pleasure to be here. So, Manuela, so many of us are yo-yo dieters. Why do we have so much trouble keeping the weight off? Well, um, it's unfortunate, but almost all weight loss products and programs actually pull the weight off at a tremendous expense to the health picture. So while creating more of a condition that brought on the excess weight in the first place. This is one of the reasons so often the weight comes back on and is more difficult to get off after going on a fad diet. What most people don't understand is that excess weight is most often the result of nutritional imbalances in the body. The best way to get the weight off is by undertaking a nutritional way of eating or lifestyle to return the body to the optimal state of health. Do you think it's a good idea to get rid of the word diet? Because for me, that kind of means like something I go on and I go off. And you're basically saying it's more important for us to create a new way of eating, something that's sustainable for the long haul. That is something that I agree with 100%. Don't focus on diets. Don't focus on weight loss. Focus on getting healthy. We just need to relearn how to take care of our bodies in a different way. This process doesn't have to make us feel miserable as dieting and crazy workouts do, right? Mm -hmm. There is a simple, there are simple ways to reclaim the autonomy we enjoyed before and feel damn sexy in our bodies again. Well, that's what happens when you go on these diets. You deprive yourself so much that you say to yourself, okay, I only have to do this for three months, and then I can get off it. And then the minute you get off it, you slip back into your old patterns and you gain the weight back. So what should we be eating then for weight loss and weight management? That's a great question, Joan. So Generally, raw and nutritious foods will tend to satisfy the appetite easily, especially if the food is chewed slowly and thoroughly. If you focus on eating foods that are high vibrating foods that are going to stimulate and feed your body the nutrients that it needs, you're going to lead towards weight loss. Eating meals at regular times releases fat routinely and the enzymes take fat in slowly and systematically. 
But skipping meals, which a lot of us sometimes do, they think that, you know, if you eat less, you're going to eat, you're going to lose weight. Actually, that's wrong. By skipping meals and eating low-fat diets, eating meals that don't satisfy hunger and going on fast by taking diet pills have the, the opposite results are going to happen. People don't get thinner. Any weight loss is temporary. So we're doing a lot of damage to our system with those fad diets and that yo-yo dieting. Yes, we are. This is a wonderful reminder, Emanuel, and thank you for being here. If you would like to learn more about Emanuel or if you'd like to work with her, you can visit embodyvitality.net. Or as always, to hear more from Emanuela, you can visit our website, cyacyl.com slash Emanuela Fasoni. Hi, it's Linda from Linda Mitchell Coaching and Healing. Imagine yourself remaining calm, clear-headed, stress-free, and positive, even in the midst of life's greatest challenges. Good news, there's a proven process to help you do just that. And I'm living proof. Go to lindamitchellhealing.com to take a free assessment and learn the top ways you sabotage your success and happiness and how to finally break away from those old patterns. Let's talk after your free assessment at lindamitchellhealing.com. She wants to be home with her friends, but at this moment, she's fighting a brain tumor. Please take a moment and join St. Jude in finding cures and saving children. Visit stjude.org. Thank you for joining us. I hope you found the show informative. Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life, we believe that knowledge is power. Take what you've learned, apply it, and live your best life now. Remember that the information provided is the opinion of our guest and should never replace the advice of a professional who knows your personal situation. If you'd like more information, visit our website, cyacyl.com. That stands for Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. While on our site, listen to past shows on demand, read the digital magazine, sign up for our mailing list, and be sure to follow the show on social media. Until next time, this is Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. The preceding pre-recorded program, sponsored by Maximilian Communications. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.